Welcome listeners to the Love Your Story podcast. Today's episode is a part of a series where I am going into more detail on each of the challenges in my book. My book is called Life, Living Intentional and Fearless Every Day, the 21 Life Connection Challenges. So it's a system. In episode 89, I went into some wonderful detail by doing an episode, a boots on the ground episode about the process of doing random acts of kindness. We had a live microphone there on random acts of kindness night, and we really got a feel for what they look like and what popped up when we were doing those acts of kindness and what feelings and fears and things came up in that whole process. That's challenge number one. Well, in episode 164, I went into detail with Ashley Stewart, a declutter expert, and we talked about why challenge number two, to get rid of one thing that you no longer need, is so much more important than this one simple act seems on the surface. A really fantastic episode also. Today is going into more detail about what challenge number three is. Now, all of these episodes are meant to open up that wonderful egg of why these challenges were included in the book in the first place by getting into more detail about what they are and having experts weigh in on the ideas and then showing real life examples so you can compare that to your experiences or use them as jumping off boards. So stay tuned today because today we are exploring challenge number three, which is to find the lesson in something that doesn't go your way. And I've got some good stuff. Stories are our lives in language. Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I'm Lori Lee, and I'm excited for our future together of telling stories, evaluating our own stories, and lifting ourselves and others to greater places because of our control over our stories. This podcast is about empowerment and giving you, the listener, ideas to work with in making your stories work for you. Story power serves you best when you know how to use it. Maya Angelou said, quote, If you don't like something, change it. And if you can't change it, change your attitude. Amen, sister. There are lots of ways to look at life, lots of ways to look at every event that happens to us and the way we interpret it. I'm talking about the guy who cuts us off in traffic or your friend that always shows up late. I'm talking about everyday stuff as well as the big stuff. When we learn how to be aware of our conclusions that we're drawing and our interpretations of them, and then we get good at choosing perceptions that serve us, then we control our own destiny, our own realities with power. This one trick may be just the secret to living happy, like the, the secret to life. This may be, I found it. I found it. We acknowledge all the time that our stories are filled with challenges, people that we clash with, lost love, bad drivers, situations that require the depth of our patience, health and body issues, disappointments, lost jobs, that lump of coal you got for Christmas, the state of the world, right? Of course, there are also moments of beauty and miracles. But this particular challenge is about the habit of how we deal with disappointments and things that turn out differently than what we expect in our lives, the hard stuff. One of the ways that we can approach life is with the idea that everything is a life lesson or an opportunity. If you look at life as if the people that you meet and everything that you encounter are all a part of your learning experience here in this thing that we call life, then we get lots of opportunities every day to choose attitude. And when you get good at it, 
then you get happy. When we approach life as if all our experiences hold a gift for us, then hope and faith become our companions instead of blaming and bitterness and disappointment and sadness. It's easy to start making up stories about ourselves and others when things don't happen the way that we want. I'm not good enough, or that person had it out for me, or my boss doesn't really like me, or that person's just a jerk. None of these are helpful stories, even if they seem real. I want to share some real life examples. And this first one I want to share with you is from someone who took the challenge and then was willing to share their real life experience. So let's listen to this example. Hi, Lori. This is Jeff. I wanted to share an experience from earlier this week. On Tuesday morning, I I started out the day by getting a voicemail forwarded to me of a client that was frustrated with our service. Uh, We acquired them in a purchase of another service provider last fall, and they left a three-minute long message on how horrible our company was and the service and asking the other client to refer them to somebody else that could provide a better service. It wouldn't have been as painful, except I've been getting uh, a couple of those a week from clients of this company that were used to full hands-on instead of services as software. And it was it was a frustrating way to start the day because this guy was really negative and went on and on and on about his frustrations and how horrible we were. And yeah, I sat down and, and tried to figure out what to do with that. Ultimately, just thought I need to go out and sit down with him in person. We set appointments with him and three others who had left similar voicemails on how bad they hated us. As we went out with this one specifically and sat down with him and went item by item through his frustrations, not only was he immensely grateful, uh, he loved the software, it was better than the software that he'd had, and he just brought up a couple of times going, I just needed somebody to sit down and show me how to do this. And we got similar responses from the others. And it helped me flip from the judgment of these guys are all whiners and complainers and et cetera to uh, the fact that we are all human beings. And if I were in their shoes, I would be in the exact same position and how important that human touch is in every interaction and it reminded me to get back down to the human piece uh, of who we are in business and then uh, in other relationships instead of assuming or expecting people to do things on their own being willing to be patient and uh, and just hear out the full picture how do we become better at this at this reframing Well, first of all, become aware of your interpretations of how you are seeing and the reality that you think is real and how you are interpreting the things that go on around you. And then second, remember that your interpretations are simply not fact. No matter how much you think they are, no matter how long you've believed them, they are created by your upbringing, your culture, your belief system, your education, your assumptions, but they're not fact. And then third, because you can understand this and you can understand that there are other ways to shift 
the interpretation. So you choose to shift the negative interpretations into ones that would serve you better. What do I mean by ones that serve you better? Choose interpretations that focus on the lesson or the meaning in something really hard. For example, when I was first reframing my story about the many difficult things that had happened to me as I went through three divorces in 20 years and all of the things that that involved, I realized with some reframing help, of course, because I was so entrenched in my own stories that being able to find the reframe, it was really important to have outside help. But I realized that I had experienced many things that gave me massive amounts of empathy for others. I had gained empathy and understanding that helped me grow into a different and stronger person. My most painful life moments had still been painful and they had still been gigantic and they had still often been a result of choices that other people made that affected me, but I could focus on that or I could focus on what I learned and how I became better because of that learning. An interpretation that serves you is one that lightens the load of stress, of anger, of victimhood, of frustration and fear. Here are two more examples shared by Willing Challenges. Hi, Lori. This is Belinda Stanger, and I did the number three challenge of kind of reframing, finding the lesson in something that didn't go my way. This week, I was very mindful of several things, but the one that really I wanted to talk to you about specifically was I was changing my office and moving my phone service over to a new location. It was scheduled for Tuesday, so I had to miss a lot of the things that I normally schedule for Tuesday. And the hookup did not go smoothly at all. The technician had to be there all day with my phone not being properly transferred. Had to schedule another appointment a week later Um, But because the tech knew what he was doing, I was able to use my old equipment at the new location and he was able to get me at least phone service so I didn't have an interruption of service um, between that week from this past Tuesday to next Tuesday. Another thing that I was able to accomplish, which I hadn't really done in a long time, was recall how to access my voicemail a different way. And I'm hoping that that will allow me to have my business still be seamless with my call forwarding and my ability to check my voicemails from offsite. So it might not have been huge, but it was definitely a reframing. I was able to not get frustrated or angry or disappointed that my day was wasted and it didn't work out exactly how I wanted it to work out. So thank you so much for helping me be mindful on that. Hey there, I'm Jen Anderson, and I want to share with you a recent experience that I had with applying challenge number three from Lori's book to my life. So I am a colon cancer patient and it's tough. It's hard dealing with cancer and dealing with the chemo and it is just flat out a tough thing to go through physically, emotionally, spiritually. It's, there's a lot to it. 
And um, whenever I get a chemo infusion, during the infusion and for a few days afterwards, I am really wiped out. I am exhausted. My body is so fatigued because the chemicals are doing what they're doing in my body. And, um, and aside from that, there's just there's so many side effects that happen when you're going through chemo. And so after about a week, the next week, I feel pretty good. I get back to kind of a regular, normal way of how I'm living, which is still not very energized as normally, but it's, um, but it's better and it's doable. And as I go through these chemo infusions, I just settle into this routine of having a handful of days where I'm going to be pretty wiped out. And then I come out of that and then I get to have a handful of days where I'm doing pretty good. And I can do things like leave the house and go grocery shopping or do some stuff in my business or meet up with friends or just be able to do things like cook dinner and clean house and and some of those kind of normal everyday life things that are really difficult for me to do when I'm dealing with the chemo infusion. And so recently, after having chemo infusion and feeling very sick, right as I was coming out of that, my husband and my toddler both were uh, diagnosed with the flu, influenza A. And my toddler actually had the flu and strep throat. And so I went into this moment of being so upset because now here I was feeling better and they were totally sick, which meant I had to cancel all of my plans um, for anything that I had planned that week. I actually had plans to get together with one of my best friends and hang out and um, just some other things that I was planning on doing in my business. And and um, and I had to completely cancel everything. And I was really upset about it because this was like my week, like within a two week time frame. these were those four days where I was going to be able to have a little bit of normalcy. And when you're going through cancer, normalcy is sometimes um, something that you look forward to, or at least for me, it's something that helps me to feel like, okay, I can do this. I can get through these bad days and then I can have some days that are, are better and are more normal. So I was all sorts mad. <laughs> I was just oh, so ticked off that I felt, and I felt robbed of these days that would be my normal days. And so as I looked at challenge number three in the 21 Life Connection Challenges and reading that, and it is find a lesson in something that doesn't go your way today, I didn't want to do this, but Lori encouraged me and she said, just look at the situation. And so I thought, okay. And it took me till literally the next day to reframe it and to look at this. And what I came up with as I reframed it is that it was actually really helpful that our family had all had flu shots long before this whole cancer diagnosis, because with the flu shots, um, even though they got the flu, so you'd think, well, then you shouldn't, you know, we didn't get the flu shot, you shouldn't be getting the flu. Well, apparently influenza A has been really off the charts. And um, and they kind of, they, mis they misread it when they created the flu shot. But with the flu shot, though, my husband, who's a nurse, he helped me to understand how it actually helped them to not have as bad of any of their side effects from their flu and whatnot. And so I realized, okay, it was a really good thing that we'd had those flu shots done because then it minimized how sick they were and then it could have been much worse. Um, and also 
one thing that's kind of rare for us is to have my husband home for a whole week. And, you know, usually he's around on the weekends, but he's busy during the weekdays. And so we don't get to see him and hang out with him that much. And so I just shifted into the space of, you know what, they're home, they're here with us, or he's here with us. And so we just, I just shifted into this other place of, you know what, I'm going to enjoy having my husband home. And even though I wasn't able to do some of the other things that I wanted to do, I stepped into this space of embracing and enjoying having him home. And so challenge number three really helped me to look at what is the lesson even when I was pretty upset that things were just just flat out not going the way that I wanted them to go. And uh, thanks, Lori, for having these awesome challenges that help us to reframe things and to really look at our life differently. And it's helped me, um, helped me to live a little bit more intentional that week. So thank you for that. Now let's go to our expert, Leslie Householder. She is joining me today to bring us examples and wisdom. She is the award-winning international best-selling author of The Jackrabbit Factor, Portal to Genius, and Hidden Treasures. And I have read all three, love them, (laughs) good stuff. These books are all about how we access heaven's help in our money matters, what it looks like to believe and create beyond what we can see. Now, she got to this space of understanding because a lot of things didn't go her way and because she learned how to shift that perspective and create a supportive story about her current situations. She has learned to create. I've asked her to talk about finding the gift in every hardship. She's going to be the perfect person to discuss the reason why challenge number three is so important to implement into our lives in order to create our best life story. So, Leslie, welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, first of all, let me just start with the most basic of questions. Why do you think it's important to find the lesson in the things that don't go our way? Uh, You know, the the answer is kind of unfortunate, but I, I believe it's really true. And that is because there are lessons for us to learn in life. And if we don't learn them, we get to repeat them until we do. And so the sooner we can look at what's going on and what what we don't like, is happening and figure out why that's there and what we can do with it and learn the lesson, we get to pass through that and move on to bigger and better things and more joyful things. And so I, I, I just feel like the sooner we look for what can be gained and, and the positive that can be gleaned from the hardships or the setbacks or whatever challenges they are, the sooner we get to enjoy the, the gift and the blessing that it was meant to deliver. Oh, I love that. I'm so glad I have you on. I, <laughs> if my audience just has to listen to me talk, they don't get nearly as broad a perspective. I, I like that a lot. So can you share, let's start with three. If there's more, we can go that. But can you share three examples of some of your toughest moments, the most memorable life challenges, and how you implemented this idea, how you now see them with gratitude? Sure. And I'll, you know, I'll go, I was searching my memory banks and I'm like, okay, which of the hundreds am I going? <laughs> right. Out? I, it's an everyday so, thing. It is. It is. And I, I just think back to a, a few moments in my life that taught me some things that served me for the rest of my life. And so those are the, those are the ones that I looked back to. And one that would the, be beautiful. Yeah. yeah. One of the first that came to mind was thinking back to junior high and high school. And how awkward I felt and how 
uh, you know, I was the tall redhead <laughs> and I was um, in, in, and we moved a lot. And so I didn't have long-term childhood friendships that I grew up with every, every time we moved, it was starting over and feeling out of place and awkward in different cultures and different communities, different um, environments that didn't um, match my upbringing or my, my spiritual background or my, I mean, we lived overseas for several years. We moved across the States in different cultures and it was just, it was a challenge, but very quickly, I learned that if I didn't like who I was in this location, I could reinvent myself in the next. Ooh, interesting. And so it was, it was really <clears throat> nice to be able to go someplace where people didn't have a history on you, didn't remember the time that you did the awkward thing in, in the cafeteria, you know, <laughs> <laughs> where you can be totally new. And, and yet, in that situation, I also... I mean, two things came out of it. I learned how to be very comfortable by myself. I learned how to be comfortable not being included in a group. At first, it was very alienating to feel like the outsider. Boy, but, especially but, in that junior high space where it's so yeah. formative and you so, you know, that's where you're learning how to exactly. engage with your peers. But I, I thank my parents for teaching me a perspective. And, and I love what you said earlier, how... Uh, you get to kind of choose the narrative of what's happening. And, and you, when you choose narratives that serve you, that bring you to a better place, then why not choose those? As long as we're telling stories about what's going on, choose the ones that, that uplift and strengthen. And in, in that situation, I had been taught that I had a, a heavenly father that I could lean to, that I could think about when I was alone. And through those times that I, I was alone a lot, I discovered a relationship with him. And I, I gained so much great strength from that. And it has guided and informed my life ever since and brought me so much joy and so much confidence that I wouldn't have gained in other ways, I don't think. I don't think I could have gained it in any other way than having those, those many years of feeling alone and alienated. Okay, do you know what I'm loving about this? I am loving that knowing who you are now and knowing how big and pivotal your work is and how far it reaches out, which the the real gist of it is faith, right? Learning and teaching others how to work from a space of belief, which is, you know, the foundation to being yeah. able to work with the other universal laws around you so that you can create. But Faith is such that basic thing that you needed that looking back now and seeing who you needed to become to do what you needed to do, how pivotal was that, that you were being trained even as a junior high student to be able to develop that relationship and that belief in a supportive God? I mean, that's really cool from this perspective. Well, and if you think about it at the time, I didn't think it was very cool. Of course not. Of course not, right? <laughs> but you were smart enough to say hey, I get to reinvent myself if this doesn't work. And I, I get to lean on my Heavenly Father. So you were taking the right steps that were building the right things and allowing you to create a story to even test out stories of who do I want to be and how do I want to interact? So you were doing the right thing in, in the fire, you know? Yeah, yeah. and I, I'm, I'm just grateful that that was available to me, you know? And, and I honestly believe that every one of us are being led and guided through experiences that God knows are going to cause certain responses that bring us to where he wants us to, to end up. You know what? I was speaking at a women's group last night and 
we were talking about this very thing about how in this space of self-love and self-acceptance that I had had this experience of believing we we all have something that we think is wrong with us or maybe a, a bunch of things right things that people have told us aren't right or things our culture says isn't right on or thing you know ways we don't fit into the ideal so then we have these little stories going on in our head and i was at this empowerment conference a couple of years ago and i was just struck by this really strong idea of you are who you need to be with your traits well, let, let me go back a little bit. The trait that I'm sensitive about is that I often get told that my directness and my tactlessness and my like hard charging, get things done sort of attitude is sometimes intimidating and it puts people off. And I've, and I've heard that enough throughout my life. You know, it's not, it's not constant feedback, but it's enough and it's negative the way it's given to me. So I feel like that's something that's wrong with me. But in that particular empowerment conference, I just had this beautiful idea that you are exactly who you need to be to accomplish what you need to accomplish. And it ties back to what you're talking about here, which is we are being trained and brought up and, and the traits that we need are being developed in us through our experiences in order for us to do what we need to do. Exactly. I love that. So well said. Okay. So give us another example. Okay. So then I was looking ahead to when we got married, my husband and I, and we just started out really unprepared, particularly financially for adulting. <laughs> and so for the next seven years of our marriage, we are, we are in desperate mode from moment to moment, from day to day, uh, just trying to hold things together and stay fed and feed the kids. And it was a constant, constant struggle that really caused me to begin questioning everything, even to the point of questioning if there really was a God anymore. And, and, and having had that be such a foundational part of my experience, this was a real blow. You know, I thought if I could just... <laughs> we're just trying to do all the right things. Why is nothing working? How do, how, how's everybody else making ends meet? How come we can't get in front of this? Every time we'd come up for air, we'd go under again. And it was, uh, it was a horrible, horrible period of time. And probably one of the most challenging things I've ever endured. And all the while I look back and I remember there was a, a question planted in my mind and I am convinced now that that question was planted there because there was an answer for me to find. Mm -hmm. And I think we're sometimes given questions sooner than we're given answers. And the question that I was given was, how am I supposed to think about this? What am I supposed to think? What am I supposed to think? Because innately and instinctively, deep down, I believed that if I could just think right about what was going on around me, that everything would turn out okay. And I find that fascinating now because of where my life has gone since. When we finally discovered the answer to what we were doing wrong in our thinking, and we shifted that, within three months, we tripled our income. And it's like the floodgates opened and everything that we'd been feeling like had been held off for us just opened wide. And it was because we learned how to think differently than we had been. And it was such a subtle shift with such profound results that it wasn't just, oh, yay, finally life is better now. Now I get to go live my life. It was, oh my gosh, that was earth shaking. I have got to share what I've learned, what I learned. 
And that became my life's work. That became everything that I'm about ever since. And it's because I know there's other families who struggle. I know there's other moms who want to be home from work. I know there's husbands that want to provide for their family, that want their children to get the best education. You know, all of these things that we desire for our families, people are suffering. And I can't not share what I learned. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It became my passion. And I think if I had not been through it so deeply, with such ugly circumstances for so long, I wouldn't have appreciated the answer enough to give my life to it. So the perspective shift here then, or the, the finding the lesson is easy afterward, right? Like you can look back and you can say, it led me to my, really my, you know, my life calling, the impact I want to make on the world. It led me to this purposeful life creation. And you can see that now when you were in it, were you able to feel any of that at all? Or is it maybe just because we know it's an option because we, that when people are trying to implement this particular idea, that the idea of we, our experiences are leading us to questions, which are leading us to answers, which are leading us to where we need to be. And if that's all you can hold on to is the belief in that, then that's enough until the door opens and you can see why. Now, let me, let me speak to that because you make a really, really good point. It's an excellent question because when I was in the middle of it, what I was doing is this is going to make a great story. I was thinking this is going to make a great story when we figure this out. And I was documenting all the crazy hardships we were experiencing because I knew one day somebody would be entertained to read it, knowing how we got out of it without knowing how we were going to get out of it. That's interesting. I felt like I was writing it as we went with an expectation that one day we're going to figure this out and I'm going to have to remember all these crazy hardships to share with others so that they will appreciate the answer that I don't know yet. Love it. Interesting. Yeah. And I think it's because we were going to, we were going to seminars all the time and we were hearing people share stories of their breakthroughs and I would envision myself sharing my breakthrough. Mm. Isn't, I, isn't that interesting? Before you even knew why. What it, or what it would be, right. <laughs> That's fascinating. I think that played a role in bringing us to it. And so I would encourage the listeners, if you're in the middle of something ugly, imagine how that's going to feel to tell someone how amazing it was to get out of that. Mm, I like that. I like that. As we um, are closing up this little chit chat here, what final thoughts do you, would you like people to know about this concept? I think it's just important to recognize that from day to day, you're writing a story. You're writing the story of your life in every thought, in every action you take. And if you can see it as a story that you're living, sometimes it's easier to be outside of it, looking onto it, kind of separate yourself and be conscious, observing yourself, experiencing something. And and it helps you have a little more compassion for yourself and what you're going through. It also gives you a perspective of one day, this is going to be a story that I'll share with a happy ending. You know, I I totally agree with that because I think also for me, when I distance myself and look at it as a tell, I'm also able to take some of the emotion out of it. You know, I can come at it from more of a a logical, ooh, what would make a good story here? Or what would make a better story? What do I need to shift to make this the kind of love story I want it to be or dramatic story I want it to be or, you know, whatever. And and if if someone is courageous enough to take the time to write how that story ends just as an exercise, 
Mm. That is a really, really powerful exercise in creation. And it does have an influence on what happens next. I'm convinced. So if people want to get a hold of you, I will have your contact information in the show notes, but do you want to give them your website real quick? Yeah, it's rarefaith.org, rarefaith.org. Thank you for being our expert today, Leslie. Thank you, Lori. I'm going to close with one quote that sums it all up. Dale Carnegie said, quote, happiness does not depend on any external conditions. It is governed by our mental attitude, unquote. It is my hope that you will take this challenge into your own life and start to practice it. It's worth the work that it will take at first because soon enough, you'll get so you go there looking for a reframe more naturally. Hey, and since it's the secret to living happy, it's a pretty important challenge to take seriously. If you would like a copy of Life, Living Intentional and Fearless Every Day, the 21 Life Connection Challenges, you can get your own copy with all the challenges in it off Amazon. Just search my name, Lori Lee, and the word LIFE in capital letters, and it comes right up. You can also go to loveyourstorypodcast.com, and there's a link that will take you right to Amazon. The book has amazing challenges that have deep purpose in them. And if you're looking for a program or a format for helping you to create more connection, more possibility, and more self-care in your life, I highly recommend all 21 challenges in that book. And it's also workbook style with a place at the end of each challenge to record your experience, which is an important part of that. So I'll see you in two weeks on our next episode of the Love Your Story podcast. Mm -hmm.